Welcome back. I'm really excited for today's topic. Today's episode is going to be focusing on setting a firm foundation. Now, for me, this has three parts. First, we're going to talk about what is a purposeful mission, vision, and value statement for you personally. Second is how we're going to convert that into our North Star that helps us make decisions, choose projects, and really make the most out of the opportunities in front of us. And lastly, how do we implement that? How do we create systems of accountability that keep us on track and headed towards what matters to us most? So establishing a foundation of purpose is really about converting our personal values and what brings us joy into a mission which gives us a roadmap in our career and life. It centers us around what brings us the most joy and satisfaction and what ultimately becomes your legacy. Don't you think that your legacy deserves to be crafted pretty purposefully? <laughs> I do. I hadn't really thought of it that way until I was having a conversation with a friend recently where we were talking about how our grandparents were of the generation that went through the World War and had these, to us, very funny habits of compulsively saving glass jars or never ever wasting food like to an extreme or preserving uh, things they had grown in their own garden. But really, while it's kind of funny to us, these behaviors came from essential skills that they, they learned during the time of war rations. And it got us thinking, what is our generation having gone through the COVID crisis and watching the entire world stop and come to its knees? What kind of quirky behaviors are gonna come out the other side of this? And I was thinking about the amazing trends that this could shape. What if we become the generation known for living life to the fullest, for the one that creates massive impact because in our time of crisis, we realized suddenly that no one else was gonna do it for us. What if we became known as the generation who always says yes to invitations, who gives big hugs, that loves gatherings, that we are united around motivating huge groups of people in our community and demanding change? I think that would be pretty amazing and I wanna implement that a little bit more in my life. So I read this incredible article recently published by Harvard Business Review. It was actually published back in 2014, but came up in my recommended article feed online. And it's titled From Purpose to Impact. It's written by Nick Craig and Scott Snook. Um, and they really outline a couple of essential things that I'd like to point out at the very beginning of our journey here on finding our purpose. And they go through a few steps of discovering why purpose is important, what purpose is, how do we define that, how do we find it, and then how do we implement it in a way that's not overwhelming. So I want to start off with their questions about why is it important? Why is this podcast topic worth you tuning in to for the next half hour? So research shows that understandably what motivates us dramatically increases our ability to achieve our big goals. So this is about focusing on how purpose is a key to exceptional performance and that is the pathway to greater well-being as well. Not only externally facing success, but feeling calm and fulfilled and happy inside. We are happiest when we center our efforts around meaningful contributions. So here's the hard truth. I coach CEOs all over the world of very different growth stages, different industries, but in my experience, less than 20% of leaders have a strong sense of their own individual purpose. A lot of them have spent so much time thinking about their businesses that they've maybe lost a little track of their individual purpose. And I can say that even fewer uh, leaders across the world can distill their purpose into a concrete statement. 
So that means that hardly any of them have a clear path for translating their purpose into action. Now I have the great <laughs> privilege of being with those who proactively seek out someone helping them to do that. They come to me often for this very purpose. So let's define what purpose is. What are we talking about here? Your purpose is who you are and what makes you distinctive. That might not be the definition you are expecting. So purpose is not what you do. It is how you do your job and why. It's about encompassing the strengths and the passions that bring you to the table, no matter where you're seated. I think that's a pretty powerful idea and something I've definitely implemented in my life. Now that I think about it that way, I can see that pattern over and over. And when I was doing really hard things and often the junior most person in the room, what gave me the guts to pull up a seat at that table? And I think it, it was really truly because it was very purpose aligned for me. So your leadership purpose springs from your identity, the essence of who you are. So a compelling purpose has three important parts. First, it clarifies what you and or your company or your team stand for. Second, it provides an impetus for action. It's a very important element. And third, it's aspirational. It's something that makes you want to aim higher, do better, have more impact. So clarifies what you stand for, is an impetus for action, and is aspirational. And it's equally important to think about what it's not. What it's not is a statement so generic that it could apply to anyone or any organization. And it's not limited to your current job or organization. This is much bigger than the single moment of time that you find yourself in. So third is how to find it. And again, I go back to this great article from Purpose to Impact in Harvard Business Review, where they suggest that you return to your personal origin story. The first task is to mine your story for common threads, major themes, things that indicate what matters to you most and what brings you satisfaction historically. And the point is to identify your core lifelong strengths and values and passions, those pursuits that energize you and bring you joy. So to do this, you might wanna ask yourself three questions. What did you especially love when you were a child? Before the world told you what you should do or should like or shouldn't do or shouldn't like, what was that dream? Describe maybe a specific moment in time and how it made you feel. Maybe a time when you felt very aligned with happiness and joy and your unique talents. Or maybe a time when you first realized that expectations of your family or your society or your culture would pull you away from that original passion. Maybe another question to ask yourself is, think about two of your most challenging life experiences. How have they shaped you? What decisions followed? We learn a lot about ourselves in times of stress and crisis. I have to tell you, like from my midlife crisis, there's a lot to mine there. <laughs> I was in a time where everything was up in the air at the same time. And I felt like I lost a self of my self de definition, the definition of myself. That's what I mean to say. So in that moment, what did I do? I sold everything I owned. I moved to the other side of the planet. I was a nomad for a while until I did this purpose, vision, mission quest of my own and really realigned myself with what brought myself the most joy. We'll talk about where that led me in a little bit. And the third question you might ask yourself when trying to discover what is your personal purpose is what, did, what do you enjoy doing in your life now that makes you sore, that makes you spring out of bed in the morning when that's on your agenda? What are these moments when you're most satisfied or when you're the most proud of yourself, 
let's find some common denominators among among the, the answers to those three. I think it'll be pretty illuminating if you really take a pause and even just five minutes to consider those. So this takes us to how do we get started in shaping our core purpose into behaviors and habits that lead to our desired impact? So for me, it's always been really helpful to talk it out with a trusted friend or mentor, a place where I have psychological safety, that it's free of judgment. It's just a place where I can work out my thoughts out loud and get some feedback from very supportive but neutral friends. Second is please avoid overwhelm. Some people, some of you are going to be so gung-ho about this that you're going to jump in too deep, set these huge, huge goals, and then feel discouraged when you don't make progress as quickly as you would like. So pro tip, take it for someone who's made that mistake many, many times and start incrementally. Take baby steps. Get some small wins under your belt that will feed your courage and give you that kind of ability to take a deep breath and take on something incrementally larger as you go. Don't feel like your purpose of, you know, has to be Mother Teresa level, level things, okay? These small wins are equally important and sometimes even more so to the people who receive the benefits of it. So if your time isn't largely under your control, and I think there's many of us in this situation, maybe you have young children who need a lot of your time, or maybe you have a very demanding job that isn't necessarily giving you opportunities to pivot that into being in line with your personal passions and purpose. There are some ways that we can dedicate even just 5% of our time to something that energizes us and helps us to see our strengths. So think about things that take very little time and even are free that you could do that would help you feel more, more aligned with this purpose and passion. So think about maybe promoting a meaningful cause on social media, maybe giving them a share or comments or inviting other friends of yours who are like-minded to follow that organization. Or maybe you can uniquely contribute something to a community group that means a lot to you. Join a committee, um, fundraise, things like that. Things we can literally even do from our homes right now when our ability to be social is limited. Or maybe even just sharing your knowledge through a blog post. There's someone out there, no matter how junior or senior you are, there's someone out there who is just a step or two behind you who would really benefit from your best practices. So get brave and maybe just post it on social media, give it a tweet or post it on LinkedIn and share your knowledge. And you'll never know what community might naturally form around that. And the last step here is really to get sponsorship for empowerment and accountability. This is a network where you can share your goals and values with some key stakeholders in your life. So this might be your manager at work whose buy-in you need to try on a new project or your life partner that might need to understand that you're gonna spend 5% of your time doing something a little bit different now or your tribe, maybe your mentors, your BFFs, wherever you find that psychological safety. Saying out loud our goals creates this sense of accountability and it makes us um, really brave uh, because we know people are going to follow up and ask us about it. I remember when I signed up for my very first uh, half marathon, <laughs> I hadn't even ever competed in like a 5k yet. And so me sharing that goal out loud was really important because on those days I did not want to train because training for a marathon is very hard for me. It's not a skill that comes easily. I, you know, it's a little bit of peer pressure. I felt that accountability because I knew my friends were going to ask me how my weekend run went. So this group can also, um, getting the sponsorship, you can look for key relationships that you need to turn your plan into reality. Not only can they 
help and cheer you on, but maybe identify two or three people who can help you be more fully centered around your purpose. Maybe in my running example, if I had found friends who had competed in several half marathons, maybe they could have joined me on my weekend runs or given me some of their best practices, recommended the best uh, protein supplements that don't upset your stomach on a long run, something like that, where you feel like you've got some true mentorship and some best practices coming your way to support you. So once this purpose comes into clarity, this is where we really transfer all of that knowledge and information into creating your personal North Star. And North Stars are important in many ways, both in life and in business, because life decisions are not usually just black and white. You're rarely choosing between good and bad. It's choosing between two interesting things or one less bad versus the other less bad. So what we need to do is we need to connect our purpose and efforts into our the investments for our future self. What is this desired future self of ours gonna want us to do today to get one step closer? We wanna make future looking back decisions. That's how you reverse engineer what matters to you most. Where do you want to end up and how can I get closer to that today? So we need to define what success looks like and how we can get incrementally closer to it every single day. Now about creating some accountability around this, we need some actionable mission statements to help us um, in these areas of gray in our life when we're not quite sure, is this the right opportunity or project for me? Is this a good um, use of my energy and time? So we need to do three things. With this mission statement, we should include what do I want to do or create? For whom do I want to create that? Think about your avatar client or customer or community member. And third, how will I do it? So what will I do for whom and how will I do it? That all creates, takes these purpose and values and converts that into your mission statement. So for example, when I started my company after leaving Google after 12 years, it took me a while to really hone in on what I uniquely wanted to contribute into the world. This mission statement I'm about to share with you took years to perfect, and I think it will continue to evolve as it should, as I hone in on what I, what I uniquely want to contribute. But for me at this moment in time, my mission statement is to create and empower underrepresented entrepreneurs globally to build the good we wanna see in the world through actionable education and mentorship. And that has helped me in many ways, which we'll get into. But as you're thinking about your mission statement, what you wanna do is discover your niche and your avatar, who you're serving, so that you can build with them in mind and not get distracted. Because I am sure you have many talents that would be worthy of some time and resource investment. So this helps us find the one that's unique to you and most rewarding. And equally important to answer the what, who, and how is also answering what you don't want to serve. You can't be everything to everyone. If you try to serve everybody, you're only gonna dilute your impact and that doesn't benefit anyone, especially you, especially the people you're trying to, to serve. So when you niche down, you can deliver higher quality impact, probably in smaller doses. You're actually going to work harder, not smart, sorry, smarter, not harder. And that allows you to serve the most people who are most aligned with your values and your expertise in your community. Okay. So for example, me with my mission statement. A lot of, I have the wonderful problem of having more client interest than I have hours in the day. So I have a waiting list of people I work with. 
how am I going to prioritize who I take next when I have a slot opened up? So I regularly go back to my mission statement and I know from that I'm going to prioritize if I have an underrepresented CEO, I'm going to choose her or him next um, over the status quo. Somebody that's well represented and supported and might have more community access. Or I'm going to prioritize somebody working in industry, which will make the world better because that's part of my mission statement. So that means I'm going to prioritize not just where I can make the most profit or the wealthiest industry. I'm going to prioritize the impact that me helping them accomplish their goals will have in the world. Second, when I'm choosing projects to invest time and money into, I have to ask the question, going back to my mission statement, will it empower those who might otherwise have opted out or been overlooked? And will it help me discover those who haven't yet identified themselves as entrepreneurs? That first word in my mission statement was actually the last one I added because I realized that some people might not even realize I'm talking to you, that, they, that what I'm, the advice I'm giving applies to them because they haven't recognized themselves as an entrepreneur and had that framework before. I, it's really important to me to help them see that. And then um, I also ask the question of myself, will it expand my reach to those who need it most? So I might, for example, recently I was asked to speak at a hackathon for some uh, university students back in California. And I said yes to that, even though my usual speaking fee was outside of their budget, because they are the ones who need it most. This is a pipeline of uh, engineers who are under, currently underrepresented. A lot of minority students, first-generation college students, uh, women, people who have, haven't been included in this pipeline before. So I said yes. In fact, I was the one who proactively volunteered to do it without a speaking fee. And then this also helps me make decisions on how I want to accomplish my goals. So from my mission statement, I've included uh, an important lens to me is, is it education-focused? Am I giving people clear calls to action in ways that they can implement today. I don't want to just share these good stories. Okay, I've got some good stories, but I don't want to just share these stories of the crazy foundational days of the internet just for sake of name dropping these celebrity CEOs and crazy cast of characters I worked with. I want to, okay, I love sharing a good story. Don't worry, you'll get some of those. But I always wanted to have a call to action, a way to implement it that makes your life easier, better, and more informed. And then I also ask, do people feel mentored and sponsored either by me directly or by the community I'm creating by taking on this project? So I hope that helps you see how a mission statement can actually help you in those moments of choosing between good and good and really help you see clearly what your unique impact could be. So next comes your values. Your values are a natural result of, of honing in on your purpose and what you want to put into the world. So it's an outline of what others can consistently expect from you. It enables you and your team, your community to make data-driven decisions, even when you're not in the room or when decisions are really hard. But for me, values really come down to what can people consistently expect from me? Setting a standard for myself of my best practices and um, how people should, it teaches people how to engage with you in a very empowering way. So your values should include what brings you joy, where you find inherent value, and where you will spend your time and resources. So for example, I and my employees, we value seven things consistently. This is gonna inform all my hiring decisions, this is gonna inform the way we interact with each other, the projects we take on, the impact that we have in the world. So here's our seven. First, we are insatiably curious. We lean into opportunities to learn and be exposed to new people and ideas. Second, we approach learning with humility. 
We are a team of learn-it-alls, not know-it-alls. I plagiarized that from Satya Nadella. He accredits his turnaround of the Microsoft culture to that, and I thought that was a great best practice, being a team of learn-it-alls, not know-it-alls. Third, we influence the conversation and community. We actively seek, seek out, cultivate, and create our community with enthusiasm and inclusion. Fourth, we approach challenges with resilience. We consider failure an essential part of learning and improving. Fifth, we're ambitious. We regular, regularly do things that we have never done before, which pulls us out of our comfort zones. Sixth, we are brave. We face challenges with enthusiasm. And finally, and I think most importantly, we are joyful. We are energized by our work and we have impact through purpose. So as you're cultivating your tribe, if you're leading an organization or a team, what you wanna do is translate your values and mission uh, statements into hiring questions. Get people who are aligned, who come with different backgrounds and talents, but are aligned among this common purpose. And if you're starting out something brand new on your own, maybe you wanna gather a tribe of like-minded people. You can find them online, thank goodness for the internet. <laughs> and you're gonna create for yourself avatar mentors who are 10, 20, 100 steps ahead of you as an example and kind of a North Star. You're gonna find some sponsors, people who can create opportunities for you and open doors that otherwise wouldn't be and gather a community of people who are similar to you at a similar stage or impact level that um, really lift you up and give you that accountability and support. And then you really wanna create some incentives. This is about rewarding the behaviors and the values that we want demonstrated. And most importantly, how are we gonna incentivize ourselves? And you can really have to do that first before you can really inspire a team or a community of people to follow you. So this last step is about putting your purpose into action. We're going to have continued motivation. So for this continued motivation, we need to envision the impact we're gonna have in the world as a result of living our purpose. This really makes me like get up, rise up to, to my aspirational levels on days when I'm just not quite feeling it. Definitely happens to all of us. And so you want to show people that your actions, not just your words, are what really matter. This isn't just a lovely motto to hang on your, you know, a post-it note on your monitor that you read every morning. It's, it's more than a mantra. It's something we're going to convert into action. So there's a couple ways to do this. And I think um, goals and guideposts are really important. They have always kept me on track. At both Amazon and Google, we used a system called OKRs, which stands for Objectives and Key Results. And this is about taking long-term moonshot goals and breaking them down into manageable steps that we can take today to make progress. In setting your objectives, your objectives are the what. They describe the path forward, the place you want to be, what you want to accomplish. It describes your mission supporting goal and sets a deadline for achieving it. They reflect your highest priorities that you, your team, your community want to accomplish in the next 30, 60, or 90 days. From each of those objectives, you want three or five key results that will help you get closer. So key results are how. They provide the roadmap for accomplishing your objectives. These are the ben benchmarks you can measure that track your progress towards that objective. Basically, it's creating your scorecard. How do I know? Have I accomplished this? Now, if it's a scorecard, we need to know exactly how to evaluate our progress. And there's three very important parts of getting a really good clear scorecard through your objectives and key results. First is, are there clearly defined terms? We don't want any ambiguity about what we mean. We don't want words like good 
or more <laughs> or increased, really define the terms. And that leads to the second point, which is make all of this very measurable in as many ways as possible, because then you'll be able to evaluate where you've had your most successes and where you might want to pivot your energy. And the third element is deadlines. You want to know by what date you should have accomplished that to set yourself up for success in the next 60 day and 90 day versions of your key deliverables. So if all of that feels overwhelming and you're like, oh, this is way too many steps. Let me simplify this entire concept into one visual analogy. And some of you might have heard me describe this before because I find it very, very effective. But imagine you have a glass jar. This glass jar represents your time and your energy. And into that glass jar, you need to put in rocks, big rocks, smaller pebbles, and sand. If you put in the sand first, then the pebbles on top of that, you actually end up without having space to put in your rocks. So the order of operations is really, really important. However, in this empty glass jar that we get a new one every morning, every day when we wake up, if you put in the rocks first, then add the pebbles which settle in around it, and then the sand which settles into every crevice, even the ones we couldn't see, that's how you really fill up your day most efficiently. Okay, what am I talking about? So your rocks represent the highest impact key deliverables you have on your list today. The things that are of most value and most importance to you. And what's interesting, and especially in times where our energy is really sapped or we're feeling discouraged, it can be really tempting to spend most of our time on sand level projects. Because boy, I feel proud of myself. I'm the kind of person, if I have a to-do list, and I did something that wasn't already on that list, I will write it down so I can cross it off and get credit for it. Um, any, any of you relate to that? So what we don't wanna do is have this false sense of accomplishment because we moved a thousand grains of sand today. And that, if you're working remotely from your teams right now, might be tempting because you want your boss to see your name in their inbox all the time, all the time on the chat or the Slack or wherever you're communicating. But actually it's counterproductive. So give yourself permission to focus in on those rocks you might only accomplish one rock today because it takes a lot of effort, mental energy, research time. It's, it's a big investment. But if you need some permissions, if the key stakeholders in your life are looking over your shoulder being like, what are you working on? Call this out early. Say tomorrow I'm going to be really heads down on doing this. Or give yourself um, some check marks within moving that rock. There's probably several steps in, this, in the big heavy rocks. There's a lot into that process of moving them. And then get to your pebbles and then your sand. And I'm telling you, this will give you a great sense of accomplishment. It will avoid all of those instincts of feeling overwhelmed or out of control or like we're not in charge of our destiny. These are some of my best practices for really aligning ourselves for what, with what matters most. So I hope you find that inspiring and helpful. There's some pro tips in here that will help you. Please check out the show notes here and my website, annhyatt.co, for some resources, recommending readings if you want to really dig into this, and some best practices and free resource worksheets that you can download to implement all of this into your life today. So with that, I hope you go out and make a very informed, big bet on yourself and really focus in on your individual purpose, mission, and values. Until next time.